everyone. Welcome to Seeing Color, a podcast that talks with cultural workers and artists of color in order to expand the area of what is a predominantly white space in the arts. I'm your host, Ziwon Chong. Hey everyone, I hope you're doing well wherever you are. I don't have too much new to report. Um, for me, I have to teach classes in two weeks, but I'm still in limbo in regards to returning to China. Um, so, yeah. But for today, I have a really great episode with Almaz Wilson, an artist I met back in January while I was in Vermont Studio Center. Almaz got her BA in Biological Anthropology from the University of Maryland and an MFA from the University of Florida. I got to know Almaz during the many hours talking over meals and late at night after a long day in the studio. As a side note, I planned the release of this episode a bit poorly as Almaz had an exhibition of her work in New York City back in February the 22nd. We talked about her show in the interview and I should have released our chat before her exhibition. I need to plan these releases a bit better. I actually had a chance to see her show before it went down as I had just flown back from Asia as the world began to change from COVID-19. It was nice to see all the work hung up after doing a few studio visits with Almaz while the work was in progress. In addition to Almaz talking about her preparation for her exhibition, we talk about different ways to take up space, thinking about art criticism, and building up things in order to move on. As always, stay safe, stay healthy, and I hope you enjoy this. Downtown Johnson. Downtown Johnson. <laughs> Be there next Saturday, karaoke every Saturday. Uh-oh. Amaz has a really great voice. Oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, how's your day been? Mm, my day's been good. It's... It's been kind of like choppy, but I just had a really nice walk to the waterfall on mm-hmm. railroad. Is it first time you went? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's it's been a good day. I, I took a break yesterday. I, I like just slept most of the day mm-hmm. and had my lunch in bed instead of like being in the dining hall. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it was good. What was for lunch yesterday? What was for lunch? Um, salad. Oh, I had a tofu sandwich. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah. I've been eating vegan while here. Really? Yeah, for the most part. That's good. I keep telling myself to eat less, and it's not happening. I mean, it's like there's a lot of food. So. I know. I yeah, know. I keep feeling like I'm like rushing through the meals. Yeah. Because I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I'm on like a time, a timer in some way. Well, you have a show coming up, right? Yeah, and I am. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, do you want to start out with? Where you grew up. Yeah, let's start from there. Okay. I grew up in Maryland, like in rural Maryland, Howard County, which is, it's between Baltimore and D.C. Okay. So it's like, I lived like 30 minutes from D.C. and like about 40 minutes from Baltimore. And I pretty much like spent a lot of time outside. Like, like I was one of those kids that was just like always in the woods uh-huh. and always playing and yeah. running around outside. Like that's the yeah. kind of lifestyle that I had. And then I 
I grew up like studying a lot of science. I was kind of groomed to, yeah, yeah. I have like some, my grandmother was a nurse and I have some cousins that are doctors. And so it was like, my mom is an educator. So she, (laughs) yeah, she taught um, special education for a long time. And then she is a principal now. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Of elementary school. And then my dad did a variety of things like he did like real estate and then for a long time when i was a kid he worked at a juvenile detention center working with kids oh wow okay yeah like a really intense job yeah yeah so yeah i guess like social social justice kind of surrounding those kinds of professions yeah but yeah like i was always doing like science things like science camps I had like the microscope kits. I was always doing like experiments. Is and your they were... preference between biochem or physics? Bio. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was kind of like I was doing these experiments, but they would always be like disastrous in a way. Because I can't you... measure. Uh, <laughs> like, Were you trying to make a specific chemical? <laughs> no, not really. It would just be like just when there's directions for things where you have to be precise, like uh... baking and things like... I'm just precision is not my mm-hmm. was never my thing. Mm-hmm. And so it was always like an interesting experiment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um That's what that's what being a kid is about, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. That's true. But yeah. So I was doing a lot of science and then I got into art later, like in college. Really? Yeah, I studied, I did art in high school, but I was never really supported in the arts. Like, it was just always assumed, like, you're going to go to medical school Mm. and become a doctor. And, you know, and then when I was in high school, I got into this car accident. I was driving, like, way too fast down a country road. And my car fishtailed and hit a tree. And... It was a tree that a lot of people had hit before. Like, there were all these names oh, carved into wow. the tree. And, like, when I hit the tree, like, I was in shock and I didn't really know what to do. So I, like, called my mom or something on a cell phone. It was, like, beginning of cell phones at the time. Yeah. And my high school art teacher was coming in the other direction and, like, ended up helping me out of the car and, like, Went to the hospital with me. Were you badly injured? I broke my arm. Like, I have plates in my arm. Like, my hand was on the steering wheel, so it, like, shattered both of my my ulna and radius. Uh, Yeah. So that was, I mean, like, luckily that was the only injury Mm -hmm. because it could have been, like, I could have, like, flipped over the embankment because the tree, like, actually saved me from Mm. flipping over into a creek. And so, yeah, my art teacher came with me and... That was, I was always, like, really interested in arts, but, like, it was just kind of, like, and not really offered a as a as a possibility. Of, no, yeah. no. But there was just also, like, that serendipitous kind of, like, moment mm. with him and, like, the support and care. Yeah. And then, like, actually years later, I ran into him. Like, the year I was going to grad school, I went to these caves in... Like Kentucky, like this stalactite, okay, like yeah. mammoth caves. Are stalactites the ones that are coming from the 
that ground up or from the top? I think down? it's from the top. Okay. Yeah. And I saw my that art teacher there. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, so, like, the universe was telling you? Yeah. 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 But, like, yeah, I guess I, I feel like my art, like, getting into art has been really kind of, like, roundabout for me. Like, there were a lot of, like, openings, and then I wasn't sure, you know? And then after college, I moved to New York, and I thought I was going to do fashion design. Wait, in college, were you majoring art then? Or you still weren't? No, in college, I was a bio major, mm -hmm. and then I changed to bioanthropology. Okay. Yeah. So, like, with bio, I felt like it didn't work. Like, I, I, loved, I loved science, but, like, the questions mm -hmm. that I was having about, like, just questions that I was having, like, they, they didn't feel, like, answered mm. in biology. Like, it just felt like, well, a lot yeah. more black and white and factual. Like when you're learning, when you're doing like foundations of science, mm -hmm. like it's very technical. You're like asking more like philosophical questions. Yeah. 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 And I think that's why anthropology was a little bit better. Like the questions were like more open, mm -hmm. open. But I was always into art. It just like didn't. Yeah. I took like a printmaking class mm -hmm. in college and yeah, there was like some support there. And then, um, were you always a doodler? I was, or did it I was manifest just like, in other ways? Um, I, I think it manifests in, yeah, in drawing mostly. Mm. Yeah, drawing and printmaking were like the things that introduced me to art. Like, also, my, my parents collected African art. So my house was like filled with all kinds of beautiful drawings and mm -hmm. sculptures and fabrics, like a lot of fabric. And uh, my dad had a lot of friends that were artists. So I was really like surrounded as a kid by creative people. And still like I didn't think it was a thing. Like yeah, I was like, yeah. this isn't that it's not my career. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, yeah. I, I always say I fell into art, too. You do? Well, like, uh, you know, I mean, I've told this story a lot on this podcast, but, like, basically my mom, at some point when I was, like, even, I don't even remember, she saw me drawing as a kid, and my mom believed that all of her kids needed to have an extracurricular activity to stand out. And so my brother and sister did music, but for me, she at some point saw me drawing and thought that I was good. And so oh. she enrolled me into art classes. And I don't even remember what, I don't like, so in my memory, I've always been in art classes. Okay. But it was always a means to get into art, get into a college. Mm. I went to college, I went to college for art. And my mom always feared that I eventually would switch out of the major. And then I didn't. And then <laughs> like, I also didn't do art after I graduated. I taught a little and then I went back to art and then I went to art grad school. And that, it wasn't until I like, actually got into grad school at age 27 that I think I mentally was mm. like, I'm going to do art. Mm. And yeah, I mean, to me, that's like, it's almost, it almost felt like I had to do it for so long for it to become familiar for me to then accept it versus like yeah, people who I've met, not that there's a right way, but some people I've met who are like always drawing, mm. you know, like they're just on the phone, they're drawing or they're mm. like in class and they're drawing and like, yeah, they need this outlet. And uh, my way felt more like a slow falling into my lap. It, it, it's, yeah, I feel like it's interesting when people always need to be 
drawing and it's it is really like it's like a a space to process Mm -hmm. you know like it's like if you're drawing you're able to like hear something and kind of like put it through a filter Mm -hmm. and have that thing yeah I don't I don't think I was like that as much but I was I I definitely was a daydreamer and so I was always like just kind of in another world Mm -hmm. and I guess like taking notes and doodling helped me pay attention more. Yeah. But yeah, our, it's been, there's been so many like different reasons to like get involved with creative things. And I also feel like even fields like anthropology, it's like a creative field, like especially like being in a laboratory, like developing questions about something and like just like that creative thinking mm-hmm. is like a part of it. Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't really actually like I came to Vermont Studio Center 10 years ago, but like I came here the first time and I had never been around artists before, like in a group. And at that point, what stage were you in your art? I had been teaching art through this program in New York called Say Yes to Education, Uh which was like a bilingual arts program in El Barrio. And I worked with kindergarten through second grade. And so I guess that was like when I really was like, okay, like, yeah, like not I'm an artist (laughs) even. I don't think I could say I was an artist, but I was like, this is what I want to focus on. Like, I'm going to be serious about this and like explore. And so that was, that was a couple of years after, after college. So I came here and that was the first time like I ever had a studio yeah. I didn't know what that really was, yeah. you know? And yeah. so I just really got to spend time with myself, yeah. which was actually really hard, <laughs> you know? Like, do, you, do you normally have lots of people? No, more like internal. Mm. Yeah, like I did have, I was around people a lot, but it was more like this like quiet time mm. for a really solid amount of time yeah. to be able to like. Like a month of just like, yeah. Yeah, of like being with myself and like all of my stuff. Yeah. You know, and like being like, oh, (laughs) like memories and, you know, just like habits. And I didn't have that before because I was living in New York Mm. and I was like in the New York hustle. You know what I mean? Like always doing something. So it was really like the first time I got to slow down and like be around other artists. And like even that when I lived in New York, I feel like. I was really like naive to what practicing artists were doing there. Like I was not in that world. I didn't. You probably don't need to be. <laughs> but like it was like I was introduced and I was like, oh, um, this is like a thing that yeah, I yeah. didn't. I was like not. Yeah. Where yeah I wasn't involved. Hanging out. Where they going openings. Yeah. Just, like I wasn't yeah, doing that stuff. Schmoozing. Exactly. I hate yeah. that. <laughs> um, having sex for shows. Having sex for shows. Yeah. yeah fun all of the oh, all of the the, the drama and yeah. gossip yeah. and yeah um but i feel like that also like opened up a big space mm-hmm. to like think about what the possibilities were like oh i can like have a studio and practice and try to like keep exploring work and i also met and there was a visiting artist who came um, her name is Denise Tomasos and she was a painter and she asked me to come be her studio assistant. Oh. And 
I did. I was her assistant for a while in New York. And then she like passed away like a couple years later. Okay. So it was like a very, she was, she was like one of the only like mentor mm. type yeah. people that I had met like creatively. Yeah. And then, yeah, she like passed away like really suddenly a couple years later. So it just like that. I think a lot of like significant things came out of being here for the first time and kind of trying to figure out like where I wanted to be. Like, what what does that look like? Like, there were so many, you know, people saying, oh, you need to go to grad school and. <laughs> I didn't know like why what, yeah why <laughs> yeah. and for me it just like I thought from the way that people described grad school like it seemed like they were like oh it's so fun and x y and z and like it was not yeah fun you yeah. know what I mean but like I thought like oh this is going to be like a time to be able to spend on work that I've never had since I've been like right working a lot like oh i have this like dedicated time and space yeah um but that you didn't find that i did i did find that but it just wasn't fun like it was it? it was like why wasn't it was it the cohorts the teachers um the program was was very like separate by discipline uh, okay. that was one thing there's just not a lot of outside of the box thinking and there's so many i mean i went to school in florida so there's that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Super conservative. And, and I went to school a lot later than most of my classmates. Like I'm probably like 10 years older than mm-hmm. a lot of the my peers. So it was like kind of hard to have conversations that felt real. Mm-hmm. Because I think like when you're younger, you tending to like fall in line more with like what's expected of you and by the time I had decided to go to school I had gone through like significant things in my life that just like I knew why I was going you knew your priorities yeah yeah yeah. so it wasn't great as far as like being able to like interact and feel super challenged but it was good in the sense of like having space for myself like I, I said no to a lot of things and I did like a lot of meditation mm-hmm. and deciding like what my boundaries were going to be mm-hmm. and what was important. And that was, it was like a, a peaceful time in that sense. Yeah. But fun wasn't one of the things like mm. it just, I like having fun. Yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah. And like I had fun by myself, Yeah, you know, and yeah. I, I did make like a couple friends like later on that like Where I'm really Florida close with. You? Jacksonville? Gainesville. Gainesville. Yeah. Very yeah. swampy there. Very swampy. In football town. Yeah, football town, you know. Yeah. And what were what medium were you there for? I was there doing painting and drawing, but like I thought it was more of an interdisciplinary program. Was it a big cohort? Uh my group was like eight people, but the like, like my painting and drawing paint. group oh, okay. was about eight and then the total grad students I think were like fifty. But, like, the studios are separate. So in our studio building, it was painting, drawing, photography, and I think printmaking. Mm. And then there were sculpture and ceramics were on another location, which is just, like, you, you don't get to, like, interact with people. And yeah. Like, it's, not, it's not great. But I heard that before 
our class was there like a while ago that the, the painting and drawing students used to have studios in trailers, oh, like near the football stadium. <laughs> oh, God. So I went there. It was like a full fellowship. So I was like, it wasn't that yeah. difficult of a decision because yeah, it was like yet. I could have stayed in New York and I was going to do the Bard like low residency, uh -huh. but I didn't want to like have debt. Yeah. Like I wanted to have that time and space and not like be working all the time and then like yeah. doing the New York thing. And yeah. I think also like I needed to just get out of New York yeah. for a little while. I hear you. Yeah. I never went to New York. So you didn't No. I grew up there. I grew up there until I was 13 years old. And then I always kept thinking I would go there. And then each year that passes, <laughs> I'm like, no. I mean, I there's things I really do love about New York. No, but, I, yeah. I no, I love visiting it. Yeah. I just like, I think that transition to move there is not. I think at a stage in my life that I want to do, like yeah. living in a closet. Yeah, yeah. And building those connections and taking the time to figure out what to do in New York and. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I've moved around a lot, so I know it takes a year or two before you actually have things figured out in a city. Yeah. Right. The first year, yeah. I, don't, I, I, you don't get any work done. You're just like meeting people, trying to find where to live, trying to find a job. And uh, yeah, and the second year, you're still trying to figure things out. And it, depending how big the city is, it takes a lifetime to like really understand the city and yeah, and like the margin of error in New York is so small. Yeah, I mean, I think you can have very different lives in New York, like yeah. in the same span of time. Yeah. Like, that's what I do like about it is that depending on where you work and like where you live and yeah. locations, mm -hmm. that you can have a really new experience. Yeah. But yeah, it was just time for me. I mean, I also like, I love being in nature and I, I had made like a rule for myself at one point, like, I need to get out of the city like at least once a month mm. and that you know wasn't even enough yeah you know to like go upstate or you know travel yeah. just anywhere on the road to just not be like confined yeah and did you do any performance stuff while you were in florida or were you you said it was constrained or not as interdisciplinary as you thought but then did that prevent you from doing interdisciplinary work it didn't i mean my studio practice like I'm constantly working with different materials. And so like one of the things that would happen all the time is like people would come in and be like, I thought you were a painter. And it's like, I'm no, <laughs> like you're an artiste. Yeah. So I always were like, I was working with specific materials then like plaster wood works on paper and concrete. And, uh, then in my third year, I took a, um, a dance class. It's called Laban Movement Analysis. And I had met this teacher actually my first year because we had to like do this assignment where we went to different classes and evaluated. Mm -hmm. And I went to her class and I was like, ooh, like I need to <laughs> come over here. Yeah. Uh, and finally, like I had emailed her like several times and then she's like, yes, like you can sign up for this class. And it totally changed everything. What about that was so revolutionary for you? Well, this teacher is just like an incredible force of nature type of person. Mm -hmm. Very smart, creative, open, fresh, like just not what I was 
experiencing in my department right. at all. And, you know, it could be just like the grass is greener kind of thing, but no, I don't think so. You know, it was, it was just like really, um, we really developed a relationship and like we're having conversations that opened up a lot of like new ways of thinking oh. for me. And like with the theory specifically, it was, um, focuses on like how people move and like the different ways that you take up space and, and how people interact and like very, but like down to like a detail of like how you lift your hand, does it go towards a certain direction? Like what is the pace? What is the pressure? Mm. And like, what do those things say? And like how you analyze those things within a body. And what I really loved about it was just like that there's, there's only a unique way that each person can like read something like there's like a billion ways to analyze like like your posture right now and everyone's going to have a different take based on where they are mm -hmm. based on like their experience right um what they're seeing what they're projecting onto it and i didn't feel like those kinds of conversations were happening within like the department of fine arts like yeah. it was just like so it felt so like this is the right way and mm. this is the only way. And if you're not doing that thing, then yeah. you're, you know, irrelevant. Yeah. And this was like embracing like uniqueness. And multiplicity of meanings. Yeah. Yeah. And so just like that possibility, like, you know, you're not wrong. You're just, this is like your interpretation of something. Right. Right. So that opened up so much for me. And like actually that semester I got sick and I ended up having to have like emergency surgery and being able to be in that class while healing was like really important. Like it was my thesis year. I was really like bummed out that I couldn't like be in the studio because mm. I'm like pretty like laborious with my work. Like I like to spend time and like I couldn't do any, I couldn't mm. do anything. So this teacher also really supported me in like making sure that I was listening to my body and following that and like no one else, which is very radical. Class. Huh? I wish I could take that class. You can take that class. Oh, I can. Yes. <laughs> I yes, I could. But. Yeah. But also it was like this, this person. Yeah. Yeah. So having someone like in my corner to be like, you just be really slow and like, listen to your body and you'll know like the things that you need yeah you know so and how's your thesis turn out it was really fun yeah what did uh, you do i did a performance um with this dancer alexander murphy who was also in the class we so we practiced for like several months we did these um we did these like routine practices where we would just kind of like have free movement together and I would bring props and we would try to develop just a relationship. Like I was trying to really just develop like a sense of intimacy between us mm -hmm. so that we could create something. And so I did a, a performance piece in a greenhouse on the campus. I was asked to be in this gallery and it wasn't working out very well. Like the curator was oddly, like, I don't know, saying like stuff like, make sure your work is professional. Like, I, I don't know. It was just like such a weird thing. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay. So I I'm just kind of just all the unprofessional art, arts, <laughs> professional art galleries yeah. and how unprofessional they are. Yeah. yeah. 
right. It's like, what does that mean? Yeah. And then I was like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be in that space. Like, yeah. So I was walking one night and I saw a greenhouse like lit up at night and I was like, oh my God, that's so amazing. It would be so cool to like do something there. Mm. And I ended up contacting one of the professors in IFAS and they were, were super excited about it. So I I did a perform I did the performance at night. It was raining. <laughs> we had to put up like tents outside of the greenhouse so that the audience they're viewing you from the outside. Yeah. Uh, so like I set up an installation inside of the greenhouse. It was this really big structure, all mesh, connected to like eight other structures, but kind of looked like oddly like little apartment mm-hmm. buildings, you know? And the audience was outside and it was like pouring, pouring rain, like thunder and lightning mm-hmm. rain. And yeah, we did, we worked on this piece. I projected 11 collages and also had soft sculptures that had the same pattern as the collages onto. And we like used those as props for the piece. So the work was about being here together and that was like in trying to like have a movement conversation between the two of us. And it was like loosely like the criteria was like loose in terms of like we didn't have we didn't have like a routine that we were doing, but we were like following each other. Yeah. And through those hours of practicing and reading each other, there's a certain dialogue and freestyle that happens i assume yeah but then even in the performance there were like surprises yeah (laughs) right 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 yeah it was more to like get comfortable with each other and be able to have a sense of of intimacy between us and like make that public i saw the documentation of that i believe on your website i think you posted it yeah i have some images that's like from the inside I believe the video, if I'm thinking. Yeah, correctly. the video is from the inside. I didn't have, it's a long story of like why I don't have no outside documentation. Uh, but yeah, we shot it from the inside and it was great. It was really scary. Like I don't love performing. Really? Yeah. Like I think I like want to love it. But it's like I have performance anxiety. It's a person who's great at karaoke and just sang multiple songs in front of a group of strangers in downtown Johnson. In downtown Johnson. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I like, I love singing and it's it's a passion for sure. But yeah, you still get butterflies before. Yeah. There's like that, those feelings. I haven't really been able to work through them. Yeah. Yeah. I think that happens to everyone. I think it does too, but it's like still... Like, I think of yeah. every time I have to, like, give a presentation, like, the presentation I gave of meeting me and reading Rainbow, like, I've given that so many times. But, like, <laughs> even every time right before I, like, you know, I, I get nervous and, like, my heart beats faster than it should, especially yeah. given, like, I've memorized it so well. But, yeah. Yeah. I, al- I also have, like, a tremor that doesn't just happen with performance, but it's, like, like it's in your voice or in your body? My body. Okay. Yeah. But like recently I've learned how to like, I'm trying to like work with it. You know what I mean? But like, I think that has stopped me from doing so many things because it's like such a, it can be shocking for other people to see. 
and I'll like receive what they're seeing mm. or or even what they're saying. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like it's like it's called a central tremor. It's a, oh, it's an actual thing. Yeah, okay. yeah. And it happens if it's like if there's nerves or it could happen like with just food or something too. In the performance that you did in the greenhouse, were you tremoring or or you you were so um, comfortable? Maybe a little bit, okay. but it goes away, you know, after mm. some time. Mm. Yeah, but like uh, that's definitely part of like you know it's like if you have to give a, a talk and then it, yeah like moving. I mean, it's easier to like move around if you have if you're having a tremor because you're you're releasing that yeah. from your body. But if you like sitting there and then you're like ah (laughs) it's just yeah it's definitely like been a thing but recently i've just tried to like embrace it more like this is this is actually giving me information yeah and it's a part of me that loves me like you know what i mean like it's like a part it's something who you are yeah yeah and when was that performance it was in april of 2018 And so after that, have I done any performance? No, I mean, what, I mean, what, what, what did you do after? Oh, graduating? after I stayed in Gainesville for a while um, after graduating, and then I moved to Miami like last spring, mm-hmm. and that's been really interesting. Like I didn't ever think I would live in Miami, and actually, it's kind of like what brought you to Miami? Just because it was well, close? Or I like- had a friend that that lived there, and okay. she was like. Just come, Just come stay with me. Yeah, like I was trying to like build in order to move and travel. Like my plan has been to move to California for a while. Really? Yeah. Have yeah. you been? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been. I haven't LA, been. Bay Area. Outside of LA. Okay. Yeah, but my sister lives in Oakland. Okay. And then I'm doing a residency in Oakland in June. Mm-hmm. So that's like my my deadline to like be out of Florida. Where are you going in Oakland? Where you, what, yeah, What's the residency? Yeah. It's called Mutual Stores. Oh, okay. It's a ceramics co-op okay. space, and they have artists come and like you get to use the like clay waste material yeah. to create something, and then it's a two-month space. Mm. So it's not a live-in residency; it's like a studio. Yeah. But yeah, Miami, Miami now. Yeah. What about Miami? What do you think? You know, I. It's interesting because today I was like, I kind of love Miami, <laughs> like. <laughs> I like at first I was like no Miami but there's actually a lot of really beautiful things about being there like I've never lived this close to the ocean before mm-hmm. I go there once a week I feel like it's definitely changed Beach? no <laughs> <laughs> no and then that's the thing like I feel like when people think about Miami they think about South Beach yeah. and then it's not South I told Beach. you I was there for one month for the residency yeah, yeah. that was was that on South Beach no. no, but like I eventually went to South Beach because I was eventually. like, why, why not? I was like, I'm there. Did you, what What part of town were you in? I was facing the bay. Uh, what, what? Okay. Shit, I could look it up. I could tell you. But it was a Fountainhead residency. Was it Miami Beach? No. I, we, I, okay. think I, I was, we were quite, I think it was like 45 minutes away from Miami Beach. Oh, 45 minutes. Okay. I think. Anyway, my... This was like 2017, May or June. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was hot and, but yeah, I thought it was, <laughs> it was an intense city. I it's thought. a very intense city. It actually took me, 
So, okay, I didn't leave Gainesville right away. And like my, my plan after graduation was to like move to like a transition city in order to move to L.A. Mm. Because I just wanted like some time to fucking like decompress yeah. <laughs> after school. Like I was like, I'll go somewhere where I can go hiking and... While you, Just, and while you're chilling in Gainesville, did you also teach? Well, I was on a fellowship, so I ha- I stayed longer. Oh, nice. Than like the graduation, okay. I was there longer, and then. Then I was like, oh, I'll look for work so that I can just make moves. And it just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it was it's, it was I was ready to go, though. And then Miami is not is not great. I don't think for artists like mm-hmm. the the wage, the living wage is very low and the rent is super high. And I know a lot of people that just work two or three jobs, yeah. you know, but there are like a lot of communities there like i started volunteering at a garden like before like i found a job and everything i was working at this garden and just like getting introduced to people that were super passionate about ecology and subtropical plants and from there it was like i was meeting more people and just like there are a lot of really rich communities that are doing like a lot of healing work and things around food and growing and I feel like that's really special and I wasn't like experiencing that in Gainesville at all Hmm. even though like there are I think there are those things but it was like maybe just it wasn't Gainesville is just like not very diverse yeah you know yeah I mean that was the first thing I remember I was like I got in like an Uber and then like the first five I got into were like the person just didn't speak English. And I was like, this is amazing. In Miami. In Miami. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. But the energy there is chaotic. It feels like, like when I first arrived, it was like a shock to my system. Chaotic even compared to New York? It's different. I think it's more intense because I know New York so much Mm -hmm. that I, I grew up going to New York all the time. Like New York, I guess like you know what to expect and it's such a well-oiled like machine. Yeah. Miami is like wild, wild west or yeah. something. Like it's it's like I describe it like fireworks. Mm. Like there's something over there, there's something over there. Like you just don't know. Right. But then there's also like this slow pace space. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like <laughs> it's really yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah. I guess maybe I've gotten used to it a little bit. Yeah. And has your work, how, or how is it, how has your work changed? Since I've, honestly, I just recently got a studio space in like this collaborative space. And I barely ever get to go because I'm always working mm-hmm. like on my day job. So. Yeah. What's your day job? Um, I teach through Project Art, which is. It stations artists at public libraries, mm-hmm. and I, I work with like kids ages four to eighteen. Okay, it's a really great program because it's you know a lot of a lot of the kids they don't get art anymore. Yeah, well, the acronym that was changed for science STEM, STEM and then now it's like STEAM. Have <laughs> you heard STEAM? They added the A art. Yeah, it's like S T E and then A for art and then M. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, I just remember where where the residency was. Is right by Little Haiti, but like oh, fa- okay. but, but, but facing but by the water. 
but by the bay. I think Biscay Bay, is that it? Biscayne? Biscayne. Biscayne, yeah. Okay. But yeah, I think across the railroad was Little Haiti, and then we were on the other, like, the good side. The good side. The good oh, side. Wow. Where the where all the where all the <laughs> where we were like hold up and get out. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm so sorry. That was fine. But just the way you describe like the living situation or the studio. Yeah. yeah. It's like a fishbowl or something. Yeah, for both. Yeah. I don't like that. Mm-mm. Yeah. My I I did a residency. Like I haven't made a lot of work in Miami particularly. I've done a lot of writing because that's like how I can have an outlet. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of like voice recordings. Really? Mm-hmm. Like, you mean just like what you're thinking? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, I did a residency in, over the summer at Atlantic Center for the Arts. How was that? It was amazing. And you, who'd you study with? Michelle Grabner. Was she like? it was a it was it was it was like kind of a heated really experience yeah yeah um well we we talked about critique a lot so also the structure of the residency was like very social it wasn't like a studio residency per se like we did get time in the studio but everyone was in one space so and, what, um, and and like the definition of critique was sort of the theme of the the class that Michelle Grabner. Yeah, yeah. Um, we would get together and talk about our work. Then we we do readings together, and you know, I guess for me, it it was the the discussions around critique were like uh, brought up just like so much trauma for me, like about. <laughs> grad school and like (laughs) yeah uh yeah yeah and so i was like i feel like i was one of the only people there that was like vocalizing my frustration with my problems with it Mm -hmm. and the language around it and who was deciding and like who we were looking towards and then yeah that was hard michelle had us do like these silent critiques and written critiques where we'd write in notebooks um, about each person's work for like 30 minutes or so. Those were, that was like a really amazing thing. And would you share them or no? Well, we'd give it like, if I was looking at your work, I'd write and then I'd give you the notebook afterwards. That was like a a gift, I feel like, because it's like something to keep and you can go back to it and like see kind of like, where people were or yeah i don't know like i feel like that was probably the best thing about like working with that particular group but it felt i was the only black woman in the group it was just like there were so many moments where i just sigh really cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just feel like i would say things and then no one would respond yeah you know, mm-hmm. and uh, there was like, yeah, a little bit of drama there. But but then I also met one of the other master artists was um, a composer who was another black woman who was like super, she was like not, I don't even know how to say this. She was just like from the beginning, like very interested, very warm there was no like disguise around the fact that she's like 
hey, I don't know. I just feel like there was when you sometimes with people in these kinds of situations where there's like a hierarchy, you don't really know what's going on. <laughs> and she just was like, there, there was none of that. You know, it was just like very like clear, like, hi, like, let's have Hang a out. relationship. Oh, nice. You know, and I feel like meeting, like being at that residency with poets and composers was like the best thing that I could yeah. have ever experienced. I just like also got to be creative in different ways. Like yeah. I did like a screamo band. with. What is that? Um, it's where you scream. Okay. Yeah. Like as a, as like a, like the, the vocalist screams and then the, the, the people who are the, the other parts of the, the band. Scream. No, there's like a, there could be like a drummer or a guitarist and then vocalist screams. And were you the screamer? Yeah. Well, we did it once like as a group, like a scream choir. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> there is so this woman... <laughs> One of the musicians, um, Max Katz, she's amazing. She does. She performs and she she does screaming in in her her compositions. And she shared it with us at one other artist talk. Wow. And everyone was like, "We all want to scream! <laughs> like, please, can we scream with you?" And so she invited us in. We did this like rehearsal, and then I. I kept doing it. I was like, I love this. Wow. I love this. This is amazing. Like, I just felt so in my power. Yeah. You know, and I'm I'm kind of like, can be a quiet person, you know, like, I'm not all the time, but this is a release. It's such a release. Yeah. And it's, it's, it just reminded me like, oh, like all of this is here, Yeah. you know, and also, yeah, like not being like told to be quiet or like have a certain ball like there's no restrictions yeah so like here <laughs> actually i've wanted to scream here and i was <laughs> like whoa where am i gonna scream like, i usually do it in my car in miami uh, uh if there's nowhere else you know yeah but i wanted to do it here yeah. i still haven't done it well in the woods that that's like, true that seems like a good place you could do it in the woods. by the, by the waterfall <laughs> by the water by the waterfall yeah 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 it's amazing i've definitely like screamed and then immediately cried mm. yeah so yeah it was like incredible to see at this at atlantic center like see how other people work like different ways of being creative and then there was this whole discussion between like the fine artists and the musicians like who's who's like what? more of an artist <laughs> who's more critical who's oh oh more Oh, because Mich <laughs> wait, wait, the Michelle's like topic entered that realm. Yeah. More yeah. Like the musicians aren't being critical. Okay. Yeah. And so did that turn out well? <laughs> it just turned out to be really frustrating I'm because sure. it's just so elitist, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So... But, like, that's, like, the, I guess that's, like, I could say, like, that's the work I've made since grad school. Yeah. Like, you know, and I haven't, yeah, been in the studio for a really long amount of time until here. Yeah. So, it's, like, I keep having these, like, spurts of, like, needing to be, like, super energetic and, like, create something and then, like, not a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, also, like, we all have different definitions of success. 
and like I feel like I was talking about this when I was in Maine and like we were talking about what does success mean mm. and then the professor who invited me he was like well you know like if you just keep doing it isn't that success like if you can just keep doing it, it doesn't have to mean like you get a gallery show it doesn't mean like you're it's being you're uh, being paid directly for your art but it's like as long as you haven't stopped yeah you know that in itself is like a form of success yeah i think it's definitely different for everyone yeah like i don't I felt very confused for a long time about like where I want, where I want to be, like where am I, where do I place myself as far as like what does success mean, you know? And I think being in New York, it can be really confusing. Like when you're around like all these people that are just like, I want to be famous, like, oh, did you get this? Did you get that? Or like, do you know this person? And yeah, did you get invited to this thing or this thing? yeah. Yeah, but then it's like their work is. I think everyone just has like a different way of being an artist, like yeah. their intentions behind the work. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I don't, I don't see myself like being happy, like just doing galleries, not like just doing, cause it's probably really difficult, but like as that, yeah, as crazy. that to be like something to aspire to. And then, like, I just, I could never, I, I just, like, struggled for so long. Like, what is beyond, what, what is that going to bring? Like, what is, what is there? It yeah. just feels like it's kind of like an illusionary space or something. Yeah. I feel like I had to, like, do a lot of searching and separating and, like, thinking about, like, who I am and, like, what, what really, like, is going to make me feel like I'm doing something yeah interesting that like holds my attention and isn't like just empty because for me those things feel really empty or they shouldn't be the center i feel like sometimes you go make those things the center yeah like besides the work like it's like they're not like they're in new york i feel like there are a lot of great talkers which is part of the art world which is part of the art world and i guess that is an art in itself but for someone like me like I want to be like working with my hands and like it might take me a really long time to do something, you know, and I'm not that the the art of talking, I wouldn't say is like what I'm interested in, you know, I think I could like another might as well be like another profession. Yeah. Cause it's hard. It's like a really difficult, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's hard to be an artist. Yeah. I say so. That's sort of why I was like this idea of like what success meant, and just like mm. I thought it was nice to hear like if you just keep doing work, yeah, and it's like that doesn't mean that the work needs to be like I think time in relationship to like what you're doing is just different for everyone, yeah. you know, like if you're working on a project for twenty years or something <laughs> versus like a month, like yeah, you're still working on it, yeah. So you go to Oakland, and then from there, do you think you're going to make the transition directly to... To L.A.? Yeah. We also have a show coming up, right? Well, I have a show in New York at Five Miles Gallery Mm -hmm. at the end of February. So the work that I'm making here is going right to the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's nice because, like, I haven't really shown my work a lot, and so it's really, like, it's exciting to get a chance to like feel like I'm saying something like you know what I mean like I it know, just like yeah. 
it's well, not. There's a deadline. There's, there's a, a deadline. There's a hard deadline. So like, <laughs> there's so, a hard deadline. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I like I don't know. Like my videos, I never have deadlines for them, so I'm sort of working at my own pace. Mm, you know, and yeah, and that's both a blessing and a curse. You know, and like yeah, I think a lot about like just different forms of creativity and how like a deadline is a form of creativity right yes. it, it forces you to make a certain a decision in a certain kind of way under pressure and obviously too many deadlines or too constricting of a deadline can be a bad thing but sometimes sort of semi-hard deadline can be also a way to push yourself in a different way and do something in a way you wouldn't have thought of yeah yeah I think it's good like what I've been thinking about just today particularly is recognizing the mental spaces that I get into like when I think something should be a certain way like and it's not the work particularly but like my own presence with the work like I want to be in a certain space to be able to like tap into something in order to create something with the work right and if that space is not happening I'll try to like do what I think I need to do to like get to that space. Mm. But then also I realize like, well, (laughs) if it's not, if I'm not there, then like maybe I'm where I should be and I don't need to like try. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, like where do you try to create the thing and where do you try to let it be what it is and see what's going to happen in that space? Yeah. Cause it just like creates a lot of like anxiety of like, I'm not like not doing something right. Or like I'm hanging out with people too much. And, but then at the same time, I'm like, I really want to hang out with people, you know? And then I'm like, Oh, but I'm supposed to be in the studio. Like that split is not, it's not helpful for being creative. (laughs) Really? I think it's okay. You think so? I think so. The split? Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends on who you are and what you're working on. But I feel like... Yeah. I mean, you're not, like, getting trashed every night. <laughs> or maybe you aren't. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, but, well, you know, Zeeland. But, uh, <laughs> sorry, I assumed wrong. I'm not. I'm totally um, a grandma. But, like, I feel like, I don't know. I mean, the only, I guess the only time it is a problem is if, like, you have... If you, like, have a project that you just need to, like, logistically finish it. But I right, think, like now. Yeah, like now. <laughs> do well. What do you? Well, what are you gonna show? What do you know? What, what you have to do? So yeah, I'm showing works on paper, and I'm also showing sculptural work. Mm-hmm. My, I think, the little the point where I feel like I'm like ah, is how I'm gonna show the work, mm-hmm. and that because I feel like that is work too, and it. And I don't feel like I have enough time mm. to be as thoughtful or intentional yeah. as I would like to be about that process. Yeah. And that's where I just feel like, oh, like, ugh, like, I wish I had this. I wish yeah. I could just like be with the work for a while and understand like what that part of showing could be. Yeah. And then, and then I, I you know, I try to like talk myself, you know, talk positively to myself like well like this could that could be another project like you kind of have to like just let things grow yeah you know 
So like that's I think that's a space where I'm just like I'm there sometimes and then I'm like in like not having a meltdown but like feeling just yeah down yourself. you know or yeah like oh this isn't enough yeah. something yeah but but it it's really exciting it's exciting too because I lived in New York for so long and then I left and like it's great to be able to like then share my work too with people that I love yeah that are gonna be around like that's that's really fun are you going directly from here to New York I'm yeah I'm driving back I'm staying in New York for a couple days and then I'm going back to Miami and then I'll be back in New York at the end of February oh, okay. so the show is on the 22nd so I'll be like probably stay there for a week or something yeah do you have a title for your show uh yeah it's called Backroads okay. yeah yeah actually I did a uh, workshopping here with Cindy Okay. So like I had like a tentative title for the show, but I wasn't really feeling it and I wanted to try to like get deeper with the the language. What was the original title? Original title was Pause for Feelings. And that, what happened in the workshop that led to Backrose? Um she gave me some exercises to do. So like I read her some writing and she kind of like gave me feedback about like the content like what she thought was going on mm -hmm. and then she gave me like the mind this mind mapping exercise which I've done before but like I don't I write a lot but I don't like I don't say I don't spend like a lot of time doing pulling out exercises mm -hmm. like it's more journaling and like stream of consciousness kind of writing yeah and then she gave me another exercise which was like okay pull out five words from a book and then try to make like a sentence or a really bad poem out of them okay. and then like use those words to do mind mapping to get deeper into like your associations with them and yeah it was just super helpful to sit down and spend some time like seeing what came out from one word yeah. and and that that word I don't even remember how like backroads came up but like a lot of my work has to do with home and uh home as like a literal place and also like the body as home mm. and then like I've been like I'm always thinking about like intergenerational relationships uh, especially with like between women and my family, like things that I've learned conditionally to be like, like when it comes to being emotional. Mm -hmm. And I was talking with my friend recently who I've known for like 20 years. Mm -hmm. And this was the first time that she said like that she was going through a really hard time. Mm -hmm. And I think like there's just like a lot of limits placed on like whether you can be emotional and what that means and like labeling emotions and what what that can do to your body and like with you know yeah yeah so like with backroads i was thinking a lot about secondary pathways like alternative roads and like feeling like i'm taking kind of like a a different road than a lot of the the women that like 
have been role models mm. as far as like how I try to like deal with my emotions. And also like I growing up in the country, like we took back roads all the time. So it just felt really like nostalgic as well. So I think it just like it's pretty layered. And then the work that I'm making is also pretty layered. So yeah, that's where do you consider home to be? Mm, I don't know. It's a good answer. <laughs> I don't know either. For me. Yeah. I ask, I, mean, I mean, I ask because I don't know either for me. So, did you grow up in a lot of different places? Um, not too many. I mean, I know people who've moved a lot more, but I grew up in, born in Long Beach, moved to New York till thirteen, and then moved to New Hampshire till I was eighteen. And I didn't mm. like, you know. I think when I was saying, like, I thought I would want to go to New York because I grew up in New York and then I left when I was a teenager, so I always thought, like, that's the place to be. Yeah. And then I moved to New Hampshire and I didn't identify with New Hampshire. <laughs> but then I but I definitely wasn't, like, a New Yorker because I didn't live there long enough or not as an adult. So, and then I moved, and then I moved around a lot. And I, like, I went to Korea for two years, L.A. Mm. for two years, and I hated L.A. while I lived there. You did? Yeah. And then, yeah, and then Pittsburgh for four years, and now China. But yeah, I think that I think the closest probably would have been Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Is it something about the place, or is it like your community? I think, I think that's where I felt like me as a person started coming together. Oh. Like that's where I changed my name from Chris to Z One. Yeah. And most of the people that I know there have left and I can't get mm. a, I can't get a um, teaching job there uh, so I don't think I'll return but yeah but that's like a place that you you feel like there's a special like connection I think yeah I think while I was there I liked being there mm -hmm. whereas I think in other places I wasn't sh I didn't necessarily have a strong feeling of connection while mm. there yeah and I thought I liked LA more after I left, <laughs> you know. So interesting. And then I, th I actually thought I would probably want to go back to New York because I was like New York. Oh, sorry, go back to LA eventually because it's like it took me two years to kind of understand, it and I think I had a better grasp of it than other cities. And there wasn't there is an art community there, mm. and I also knew if I were to go back, I'd be prepared mentally for like what LA was. Yeah. LA is like this strange beast that I think is kind of hard to understand. And so, but then like the fires have been scaring me. Mm, yeah. So, and then I think it's due for like an earthquake sometimes. Mm. So I'm like, <laughs> but you know, there's something everywhere. That's, that's the, that's the thing. Like that hurricane. I feel like it's interesting that you said like Pittsburgh was a place that you came together. You felt like you came together mm -hmm. and then that was also like the place you liked the most. It's probably like related, you know, it's like so you liked you yourself the most there because you felt maybe the most like maybe you were like expressing the most yeah. things as as who you are that yeah. felt like right for you. And that's also where I think everything that I learned I could see the building blocks happening to where I am now. Oh. Like, out, the information I was getting, the things I was doing, whereas I felt like, I felt like when I was in Korea or LA, I was just like, I didn't really have a path, which is fine. Mm -hmm. It was just different forms of learning. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. 
that something opened up for you. Yeah. Like, yeah, I felt, I felt similar about New Mexico. Yeah. Not, it wasn't like, a, I didn't have structure there though, but it felt like, I felt very connected mm. to the place. I felt very free and just, I was always in awe there of the environment. It's so beautiful. Yeah. I think it's the most beautiful state. Yeah. I think so. It's like a natural spa. Like yeah. you just walk outside and it's, <laughs> <laughs> it is. Well, I was trying to figure out why. And then <laughs> on my road trips, because like I've traveled cross country a bunch. Mm, I love road trips. Yeah. And yeah. And if I could, I'd always prefer to go drive. And sometimes my mom, like, how are you getting there? I'm like, I'm driving. She's like, what? <laughs> why? Why? Because um, I love it. I always thought like New Mexico is great because like it has, I mean, it's, I think Arizona is also a beautiful city to like drive through, but I feel like New Mexico had just a hint more of greenery mm. and also oh, yeah. transitionings of like altitudes that the mm. landscape was also constantly shifting. Yeah. It's in a like, way that like, I like enjoyed driving through New Mexico so much. Yeah. It's amazing. I think I took a lot of videos while driving yeah like it's hard not to yeah i took a train from i flew to chicago took a train from chicago through new mexico then through to la yeah and it was like i think 48 hours or something i don't remember maybe it was longer than that but that was like before i moved out there i did the train trip by myself and it was amazing I want to do something like that. Yeah. They have like a panoramic car. Uh, You can sit there. Yeah. And, you know, you meet people. There's like a lot of older people that like to travel by train that are like, oh, this is like my 10th trip across America (laughs) with my my spouse. And there's families on there. You can get like a car with a bed. Yeah. I didn't do that. I just like got the cheaper one. Yeah. I slept in the seat. Yeah. But like that, yeah, that was like my introduction. And I think I had been in New York for so long and I was like, okay, I'm ready. Yeah. Like, why not? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about? Did I miss anything? I don't think so. You want to do shout outs or um, (laughs) where people can find you, Instagram. You could also plug your show in more detail. I could do what? Plug Plug your show. Plug it? Plug it? Is that? <laughs> are, you, are you really asking me? Yeah. Oh, just like give information. Give up. Oh, okay. Like So, sure. Yeah. The show opens February 22nd, 2020. 2-2. Oh, 2-2-2. 2-2. 2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-
a violinist um, doing a performance with like um, this huge metal sculpture. I don't know, just like interesting, yeah, exciting things that are like a little separate from the the other, you know, yeah. New York stuff. Yeah. Um, do I want to give shout outs? Or uh, Instagram info. Uh, or oh, my website, Instagram uh... is just Almaz, A L M A Z dot Wilson. And then my website is almazwilson.com. So just my first name, last name dot com. All right. Yeah. Um, That's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Go, go, go to uh, <laughs> the opening on 222 2020. And I like that two, two, two. Was that it's planned? It's nice, right? I no. I just feel like it's like a really. I'm into, I'm into numbers. Like, yeah, yeah. Happy about it. Yeah. I'm like, ooh, this is special. Yeah. 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 Are you gonna come? I'll be here. <laughs> you gonna be in China? Be in China. That's sad. Facing the. We're all very sad here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go to go to the show opening and say hi and. Uh, yeah, thanks so much for chatting with me. Yeah, thanks for chatting with me. Seeing Color is recorded, edited, and produced by myself, Z1 Chung. Original music by Alex Chow. You can find more information on the website, www.seeingcolorpod.com, or on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under the handle Seeing Color Pot. If you enjoy this show and have the time, I'd appreciate if you could go to Apple Podcast or wherever you listen and give Seeing Color a five-star review. This really helps others discover the show and gives greater visibility for everyone on Seeing Color. Again, thank you so much for listening and goodbye for now.